Well, I want to welcome everyone here this morning, especially if you're a guest here. We have a little connect card on the back of the bulletin. If you take a moment to fill that out, tear it off, and drop it over at our Welcome Center after the service. We have got a gift for you and information about the church. This morning, we're going to do something very special with the children. But before we get to that, a few important things First, we've got Pray 130. It's, it doesn't start tomorrow, but a week from Monday, but we're signing up now. And so grab a slot. It's out in the foyer there. There's a sign up, and we'll, we'll get you in and out of the building. 130 hours straight of prayer in our prayer room up, up in the balcony. Uh, Alpha Reunion is next Sunday. If you are part of Alpha or want to be part of Alpha or want to go to the reunion, sign up in the, uh, at the Info Center. Healing meeting. This is very important. It's this Tuesday night. We are at 6.30 to 8 right here in the sanctuary. We're bringing a healing evangelist from Togo named Joel, however you pronounce that, Kabojka, Kaboja. I'm encouraging you to bring anybody that needs a healing touch or a, a, a touch of deliverance from physical needs or spiritual needs or any type of oppression, depression, addiction. It's going to be an amazing night, Tuesday night, 6.30 to 8. John Bevere is coming here uh, August 18th at the Princeton Club. Put that on your schedule. And then tonight. Usually we have three services, and our third service is a repeat of the morning services. Tonight, we have a guy coming named Tony Simon. He, was, he preached at our missions conference last year. He's, he's a missionary to Mexico. He is hilarious. I just love this guy. When I heard he was close, I said, bro, would you come and do a Sunday night and just preach to us? And so he's going to be here tonight. Um, I'm encouraging you to come out. It's going to be a great night. Now, that's at 6 o'clock, 6 to 7.30. All right. Let me tell you a little about what we're going to do this morning. So the last time we had a family Sunday, somehow I was, I was away and I got back for Sunday, but I forgot it was a family Sunday. And so all the children were with us and I had a sermon. It was, it was too late to change it. It was on David and Bathsheba and the whole thing was a... It was, you just could not have imagined a more inappropriate service to call Family Sunday. All the themes, everything. So at the time, we sent an email out asking forgiveness. This morning is called penance. That means we're, we're actually doing something in the positive direction. So, so here's what we're going to do today. I want all of the children to come on up here and sit up on this platform. So kids, and Pastor Dave is going to come too. And if you guys could all find a seat up on that platform. Is this a good looking group or what? Oh my, this is just amazing. This is absolutely amazing. 
Guys, I've got a little bag of goodies today, and we're, you guys are going to be very excited to find out what is all in this bag, because it's one thing after another. We're going to have so much fun this morning. Um, first thing we're going to pull out of this, baby, let's just see what we got here. Whoa, Bible. Oh, everybody expected that. Of course, the pastor's got a Bible. Um, I have a message for you guys that is, if you will grab a hold of today's message, it will change your life, not just for this year, but forever. Hey, guys, let's get you guys moving over here. Can you guys come on over here? I need to see you guys better than that. I can't. Okay, yeah, about from here over. If you if you guys could go be in back, Dave is kind of running crowd control. I appreciate that. Now, So this message is going to change your life. Now, what we're going to do, what we're going to allow for, we're going to let the parents overhear the message because it'll actually change their message too, okay? But I'm going to preach it to you, and we're going to let them overhear it. Is that okay? All right. So what I want, you guys just stay seated. You guys are comfortable. You guys, could we all stand in honor of God's word? All right. I am reading from Nehemiah. Chapter 1, and we're going to read, the, read these verses, and then we're going to have a prayer, and then we're going to get started. Here we go. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah, in the month of Kislev in the 20th year while I was in the citadel of Susa. Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile, and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Okay, would you guys pray with me? Lord, you have a message that you are speaking today. Lord, there are things that you weep over, things that make you sad, things that you want to change in our lives for our own protection. Would you help us now? Would you help everybody in this place, especially every one of these young people? We love you and we thank you for speaking to us In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. You guys may be seated. All right. So Nehemiah works for the king, and he is very sad. He gets a message that makes him very sad. Let me tell you a little of what has happened in Israel to this point. They have come back out of captivity. Uh, uh, God raised up this king, Persian king named Cyrus, who said, I'm going to let you rebuild your temple, and I'm going to pay for it. And so all of God's people, or many of God's people, came back to Jerusalem, and they rebuilt the temple of God. And so the temple is all rebuilt, and they're making sacrifices, and they're worshiping. And that seems like such a great celebration, but something is wrong, and it's making Not just Nehemiah sad, it's making God sad. 
and God wants to do something about it. When God wants to do something about things, first, he'll have somebody on earth become sad with him and pray to him because God wants us to work with him. So he feels God's sadness, and then he prays it back, and things begin to change. But I want you to understand this morning why God was sad. So, here's what we need to understand. The temple and all of the sacrifices, that represented God's people saying yes to God. Yes, God, we're for you. We're with you. The problem with the walls being broken down is they didn't have any power to resist enemies that would come in. In those days, the main form of defense was not your army. It was the walls you had built around your city. If you had high walls, no one could get in. And so they've said yes to God, but they don't have power to resist the enemy. And so that's why they're weeping, because until these, until these walls are rebuilt, it doesn't matter that they're saying yes to God, because at any time an enemy could come in and destroy the temple again. And so God wants to build up this resistance to the enemy. So today's message is called the power to resist. James 4, 7 says this. Submit to God. That's saying yes to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. So it's not enough to say yes to God. You also need to say no to evil. So God is sad when the walls aren't built. Well, my, here's my question. What are the walls today? What are our walls? What are we talking about? When you say walls, what, walls of resistance, let me, let me give you a Bible verse to tell you what today's walls are. It's Proverbs 25, verse 28. Here's what it says. Like a city whose walls are broken down is a person who lacks self-control. So just like a city that doesn't have walls makes God sad because people could come in and, and destroy it again, so a life that doesn't have something called self-control also makes God sad. Because even though you might be saying yes to God, if you don't have this thing called self-control, you're going to, you're going to lose, you don't have power to resist, so you're going to end up becoming something less than what God wanted for you. The Bible says that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And if you don't have self-control, even though you're saying yes to God, the enemy's going to get in. If you grow up and you don't develop self-control, here's what's going to happen. You might say yes to God, but because you don't have the power to resist, you're also going to say yes to wrong relationships, and you're going to end up in relationships that are a mess, that are a disaster. It, when you grow up, if you don't have self-control, you're going to say yes to God, and you're going to say yes to everything you want to buy, and you're going to buy everything on credit, and you're going to get in horrible debt because you just can't say no. You just want it, so you get it, and, and, and pretty soon your whole life is worried about finances. Or you're going to say yes to God, but you're also going to say yes to addiction, and you're going to become addicted to stuff that's going to take away your life. And even though you love Jesus, you're also addicted to stuff that is ruining your life. So Jesus wants to give us self-control. So here are my 
Two points today. First one is this. What is self-control? What do I mean when I say self-control? So here's the first question. Does anybody know what comes after summer vacation? What, what comes after summer vacation, buddy? Winter. Winter, certainly. What else comes after summer vacation? School. Guys, I want you to know something. I would never bring you up here to talk about school. <laughs> Let's get that out of our minds. We're on summer vacation still. But something, something else comes after summer vacation. I'm going to tell you what it is. It's football season. <laughs> Summer's over. It's time for the NFL. Deal with it. Uh, who has a favorite football team? What's your favorite football team, buddy? Oh, the Green Bay Packers. It's exactly the same. Does anybody know a player that plays on the Packers? Who? Aaron Rodgers. Guys, let me tell you something about the Packers. This is very important. Boy, it's too bad. Dave, next time we need to have a pad and paper because this is important. I am now going to tell you why the Packers did not go to the Super Bowl last year. Are you ready for this? It had nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. It had nothing to do with our great quarterback. It had to do with the fact that we didn't have a good defense. See, it doesn't matter how many points you score. If you don't have a way to stop the other team from scoring, you're not going to end up going to the Super Bowl. So what self-control is, is it's your defense. It is that which stops the enemy. Your offense is you're saying yes to God and your worship to God and you're following God and you're obeying God. But your defense is you being able to say no to evil, no to sin. All right, let me show you something else in this bag. Does anybody know what this is? What's this? An apple. This, it, it, it's, it looks a lot like an apple, doesn't it? What do you think it is? A tomato. Huh. Does anybody know if a tomato is a vegetable or a fruit? What is it? Just say it out loud. What is it? Guys, this is exactly what I thought was going to happen. Some of you are yelling fruit. Some are yelling vegetable. You're going to have to ask your parents because they don't really know what this is. But I want to tell you, I want to, I want to tell you about a lady, a lady that stayed at our house last week. Her name is Dawn. She's from Minnesota. She's a good friend of ours. And her husband is a farmer. And so they've got fields and fields and fields of corn and beans but she has a garden. And she was so upset when she was talking about it because even though she plants and has all of these vegetables and fruits, do you know what was happening? What was happening? Animals were coming in and eating her vegetables and fruits at night. Rabbits, mainly rabbits. And she was very frustrated. She was so frustrated. We said, Dawn, hello. Put up a fence. You need to get a fence to keep the animals out. She, she, but she didn't want to do all the work of making a fence. I said, well, here's the, here, if you don't want to put up a fence, you're going to have to stand out there all night long and watch for animals. 
Offense is a lot easier. It's a little like a scarecrow. Thank you. Um, Let me tell you what self-control is. Self-control is like defense, but self-control is like offense. It is the fruit that is like offense. Offense. Here's Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now, here's why I believe self-control is the fence that protects all of the other fruits. Let me tell you why. Let's say you have love, and you feel love in your heart, and you've got love for God and love for people, but you don't have the power to say no to hate. And when something bad happens, and you don't know how to resist hate, and you don't know how to resist offense, and you don't know how to forgive... What's going to happen, even though you planted love, hate is going to come and and steal it out of your garden. So let's take joy. You have joy. You feel God's presence. There's joy in his presence. There's joy in worship. And you're just so happy. But if you don't know how to say no to despair and discouragement, and when bad things happen, you don't know how to say, I've got to keep my joy in God. I've got to say no to that and keep my joy in God. What's going to happen is you're going to have joy sometimes, and then you're going to have this depression sometimes. Let's take peace. Peace, you feel peace. You feel peace because you're with God and you just prayed and you feel peace. But if you don't know how to say no to anxiety, no to uh, worry, you're, you're not going to have peace. You're gonna, even though you planted peace, it's going to be eaten by anxiety. Patience. If, it doesn't matter how patient you are. Sometimes if you don't know how to say no to being in a hurry, is this convicting anybody besides me? Whoa, I didn't want it to go this way. Um, anyway, self-control is, this is why God, it's so important to God. It doesn't sound like it's that exciting, but it's like defense. It is like a fence around fruit. Now, here's the third thing self-control is. It is the no muscle. Let me read this to you. This is out of Titus Chapter 2, 11 and 12, it says this, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Did you know that you have a muscle, a spiritual muscle called the no muscle? God's grace teaches us how, not just to say yes, but to how to say no. Now, here's point two, and this is going to be the end of our story. Point two is, how do you strengthen your no muscle? How do you become strong in saying no to evil? All right. First thing. Is anybody good at push-ups? Do we have anybody good at push I want everybody that thinks they're good at push-ups to raise your hand. We've got a lot of people on this hand side. Is anybody over here good at push-ups? Okay. Anybody else want to raise their hand? Raise it right now if you think you're good at push-ups. All right. All right. Game on. Find a spot on this platform right now. I want push-ups. Come on. Let's go. I want to see these push-ups. If you're good at them, I want to see them. Come on, soldier. Give me 20 right now. Come on. I want that butt down. 
Get that butt down. I want you. I want those faces on the ground. Push-ups. 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 Whoa. 20. No. All right. All right, guys. All right. Find your seat. You guys are amazing. Those were great push-ups. All right. Find, find your spot. Now, I'm going to tell you the most amazing thing about push-ups. Hey, buddy, come on back up and find your spot. Here's the most amazing thing about push-ups. After you guys just got done doing them, you're a little tired. But you want to know what actually happened? Because you use those muscles, the next time you do a push-up, it'll actually be easier than it was that time. Every time you use a muscle, you strengthen it. It's the same with the no muscle. The way you strengthen the no muscle is by using it. So here's what happened to Pastor Tom five years ago. Five years ago, I realized the older you get, the harder it is to keep weight off. So I had to make a decision. I had to make a decision to not have dessert anymore. Do you want to know what that was like at the beginning? Here was the beginning. I go over to somebody's house, we'd eat, and then they'd bring out the chocolate cake. Pastor Tom, we have chocolate cake. Would you like a piece of chocolate cake? And there it is, and it's just dripping with chocolate, and it just looks amazing. And I go like this. Mm, no. <laughs> it, it was a very weak no, because the no muscle was very weak at that time. And, and then the next week, somebody comes, and they have got cherry cheesecake. Cheesecake is my absolute favorite dessert. And they bring it out, and it's all beautiful. Pastor Tom, would you like some of this cherry cheesecake? And I'm like, no. Because <laughs> it wasn't very strong yet. And then, oh my, has anybody ever had that cake? where they have like pudding and ice cream in between the cake. Oh my, that's just to die for, for me. And so I, you know, I thought I was strong and then they brought that baby out and Pastor Tom, would you, now let me tell you what's happened. It's five years later. The no muscle now is so strong. People don't even tempt me anymore. I had a birthday yesterday. Do you want to know what they brought out when it was time to sing happy birthday? They had a watermelon cut in two, and they had sparklers on the watermelon. (laughs) Not a cake with candles. A watermelon with sparklers. Are you kidding? Anyway, um, the no muscle gets stronger as you use it. All right, I want to give you a second way that the no muscle becomes strong. All right, has anybody ever seen these guys? Who are these guys? These are, these are the teenage mutant ninja turtles. You guys want to see this? Now, let me tell you, I'm going to tell you guys something very important about the teenage mutant ninja turtles. They have been around for a long, long time. When my son was five years old, he's 31 now, so this is 26 years ago. He is five years old. His favorite show was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And at 7 a.m. every day, he got in his seat and he had his, he had his remote control and he was ready to watch Teenage Mutant and the four or whatever they were, Donatello and Raphael and whatever they are, he had little statues of them and he had posters of them and this was his favorite thing. And it was getting a little creepy. 
It was like that's all he could talk about was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And so his mom and I, his mom's name is Alice, we, we talked. We said that we need to help him. This is not right. He needs to take some time away from the Mutant Ninja Turtles. And so I was delegated the person. I come down. It's, it's, it's early morning. It's 7 a.m. Matt has got the TV on. He's just waiting for the show to start. And I come up to the TV, and I just turn it off. (laughs) And I turn to Matt. I turn to Matt because I'm going to have the conversation. And Matt regularly is a very, very obedient, respectful child. I get up to come to him. He goes around me and turns it back on. And I realize how, how deep this is. And so I turn it off again and I say, buddy, buddy, I got some bad news. I said, we're not going to watch the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles this morning. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to tell you what he said to me next. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it because I will never forget what he said. He said these words. You're killing me! <laughs> you know what? And that was kind of the point. We were, we were trying to kill something that had become an idol in Matt. And the second way to strengthen the no muscle is to honor your mother and your father. Because sometimes kids don't know how to say no, and they don't even know what they should be saying no to. And, and so sometimes you have to just trust your mom and dad, even though you would say yes, and you would just have a gallon of ice cream every single meal, that sometimes, sometimes your parents say no, and you need to honor them. And when you honor that, what happens is, your no muscle gets even stronger. So, use the no muscle. Honor your mom and dad, and we're almost done. I'm going to give you the last one. Does anybody know what this little guy is? What's this? Mario Kart. What, what kind of a thing is this? It's a video game. That's right. This is a video game. Now, I'm going to tell you guys a story of the most remarkable phone call I've ever received. I was in Minnesota. I was at Montevideo, Minnesota. I was pastoring a church called Community Bible Church. I'm sitting in my office, and one day I get a phone call. And here is the phone call. Pastor Tom? Yeah? This is Taylor. I have to have a meeting with you. I have to set up a meeting. Taylor is a third grader. Third graders don't call me. Third graders don't set up appointments. It's a third grader calling me. And I'm like, Taylor, what's what's happening? He said, "It's, it's very, very serious. And then at that point, his mom gets on and says, Taylor, he will only meet with you. He has something he needs to share. And so we set this meeting up. And I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of how big of a sin can a third grader commit? I mean, this is very, very serious. So Taylor comes in, 
And he says this. He says, Pastor Tom, he said, I have to confess. And he, he named this video game. And he said, I love that video game more than I love Jesus Christ. And I said, Taylor, why, why do you think? He said, because I think about it all the time. I think about it in the morning. I can't wait to play it. I think about it when I'm at, when I'm, when I'm, uh, at school. I'm always thinking about this, and I don't think about Jesus as much as I'm thinking about that video game. So I must love Jesus, love that video game more than I love Jesus. And he said, what am I going to do? Well, do you guys remember the verse? It said this. It says, the grace of God teaches us to say no to all ungodliness. Did you know that it's God's grace, God's power, God's goodness that helps us to say no to things and to love Jesus more? I said, Taylor, guys, there's nothing wrong with Mario Kart. There's nothing wrong with playing a video game. God, God likes us to have fun. He knows your kids. He knows kids like to have fun. But it is wrong when anything becomes more important to us than God. So here's what I said to Taylor. I said, buddy, let's do, let's do something together. Let's take two weeks where you don't play this video game. And every single day, instead of playing that video game, you just tell Jesus, Lord, I'm, I'm not watching that video game because I want, I want to love you more than I love that video game. And let's see what happens after two weeks. Do you want to know what happened after two weeks? Taylor realized he loves Jesus way more than he loves video games. He could start playing his video game again, and it didn't even bother him. Do you know that today he is like 18 years old, maybe 20? I, we go back there every once in a while, and I see him. He is a man of God to this day. So the third way. One, you strengthen your no muscle by saying no, by using it. Two, by honoring your mom and dad. Three, by taking times from fasting from things that you're having trouble saying no to and praying for God's grace to help you. Now, here's what's going to happen next. I'm going to say something. We're going to, I'm going to have you guys go to your seats in just a second because your mom and dad are going to also have a chance to respond to what we're talking about. But please don't think that what I'm about to say is just for them because it's for you too. So can we give these guys a hand as they go back to their seats? Is, any, is anybody glad that Pastor Dave is our children's pastor? I know I am. So here's, here's how I want to close today, guys. Some of you, as you evaluate your life, you're like, something, something is very wrong in my life. The end of that verse that says, it's John 10, 10, it says, the thief came to kill, steal, and destroy. Here's how that verse ends. Jesus says, but I came that you might have life abundantly. The power to say no comes 
by first saying yes to Jesus Christ. The power to say no is grace. It's God's grace. Self-control is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And that is part of the grace of God. So the power to say no is not willpower. It's not just you making a reform. It's not you just saying, I'm, I'm no longer, I'm going to grip my teeth. No, it comes from first saying yes to God. You say yes to God, and then you receive power to say no to things that are destroying you. So if we could have every head bowed and every eye closed. If you are here today, and you don't know that you've ever really said yes to Jesus Christ in your heart, maybe you've said yes to religion, maybe you've done your duty, maybe you've even prayed some religious prayers, but you've never really said yes, I need a Savior. The Bible says that Jesus stands at the door and knocks, and he's waiting. He, he loves you. You're, any, any ruin of your life has not changed his love for you. He is crazy about you. The Bible says we're dark but lovely to him. People have unconditional love. God doesn't. God loves you. God is interested in you. And he says, if I'm standing at the door knocking, if anyone hears my voice, and opens the door, I will come in. So maybe that's you today. Maybe Jesus is here knocking, and you need to say yes to him today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, because just as I said about baptism, this is between you and God. This is very personal. This isn't to impress somebody or because somebody else wants you to. This is you. This is you and Jesus. He's standing at the door knocking, and today you want to you open your heart and say, Jesus, please come and save me. Would you just raise your hand real high? I see that hand and that hand, that hand. God bless you. I see that hand over here. God bless you. I see the two hands up in the balcony there. God bless you. Anybody else by upraised hand? You can put those down. Is there anybody else by upraised hand? I'm going to pray in just a moment. I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. We've got two or three hands over here. God bless you. You can put those down. Anybody else? Thank you, ma'am. God bless you. Got you in the front of the balcony. You know, sometimes it's actually the children's stories that speak the clearest and loudest to us. It's, no, it's, it's interesting. Jesus said we need to become like children to enter the kingdom. So that shouldn't surprise us. If you raised your hand this morning, would you just put your hand over your heart right now and pray something like this to the Lord. Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for this amazing thing called grace. Lord, by faith right now, I open my heart to you. I ask you to come in and save me. I ask you to wash away all of my sins. I receive, even now, by faith, the gift of eternal life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Could we all stand to our feet? So the second call is this. You are, you are definitely a Christian. You, you've said yes to Jesus Christ. 
But there's an area of your life you haven't been saying no in, and it's it really ruins your witness. It, it to other people, and, and this is the the whole book on Christians, the hypocrites. They say one thing in church, they do another thing out there, and that's what happens when we don't have a strong no muscle. And other people, you might be have no problem saying no in one area, but you got this other area we've had trouble saying no to. And it's it's making your Christianity like a roller coaster. If that's you, just would you just open your arms in the receive position? We're just going to pray right now for for all of us. Lord, we can put our best foot forward for people, but you you know what both feet look like. We don't have to we don't impress you, but you still love us. Lord, you see the easily besetting sin that we keep falling into. God, in Jesus' name, would you speak today? If we need to just fast from something, if we just need to to just get as far away from something for a period of time, would you just reveal that now? Lord, I believe you're raising up a church that's beautiful in these last days. A church that hasn't just said yes. They've also been able to say no in a world that has lost its ability to say no. Raise up a strong defense in our hearts. Put that fence around the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Make us strong in you. The grace of God has appeared that teaches us to say no to ungodliness to worldly passions and to live self-controlled lives. Would you release that in us today? We ask you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, guys. God bless you.